Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok here for another edition of the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet. This is Force Center. We wouldn't be on this journey without Joseph Scrimshaw and Jennifer Landa. Welcome, friends. Welcome. Happy to be here talking about Star Wars all the time. We're still talking about it. <laughs> and someone asked me the other night. You still like Star Wars? Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. Have you listened to our podcast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen to one episode <laughs> just, and then realize. Just, just check or just see all of our houses. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if there's an apocalypse, I'd stand on a cliff and yell about Star Wars every once in a while. Yeah. As yeah. I go. As I go. Jennifer's here as well. Yes. I, I was telling my hairstylist, she did not know about my Star Wars obsession. Really? And as I was going through all the things that we do here and mm-hmm. my house, my collection, she goes, oh, Oh, you really like Star Wars? <laughs> I said, yeah. Uh huh. Is, is the conversation drifted elsewhere? I think she was a little afraid. Yeah, sometimes, uh, sometimes that's the case. Uh, I've had a couple workers come by the apartment and uh, look around, and <laughs> oh. one of them just went like, "Whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa!" And I'm like, "I don't even think this is that bad. This isn't sand sweet level or something like that." This no, is, no, just, no. This is tasteful. Yeah, you, know, t- <laughs> you just have to greet the Ewok at the door. The Ewok's been a bit much. The Ewok. That I was the addition it. that's put it over. The sort Ewok. of an emotional. Bouncer, <laughs> <laughs> really is. It's a good litmus test for yeah. how your stay in my apartment will go. Uh, so we are here today to talk about a lot of things. We are going to be looking at well, perhaps the hero of heroes in Star Wars, R two D two, R two D Toa, as I always say, because. Hatties is a great way to speak. But before we dive in, I want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Force Center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Try a book on us. We'll have a recommendation a little bit later, something we think you should check out. So as we start to dive in, we like to catch up. Star Wars Adventures, Life Adventures. Um, we were at Scum and Villainy the yeah, other night, Joseph. That's that part great. of our adventures. Yeah, yeah. I had a martini that had something in it. That was a different flavor. I think just a little, a little flavor of Star Wars. Yeah. It tasted very good. And then there was something else. I don't, there was something inventive. I don't know. <laughs> yes. My, my kind of scum. Yes. Which inventive. Funny because we were having that conversation at the other bar where you once were like kind of prickly about a, at a martini when you ordered one. You were talking about that. And so it looks like you should have been clear 
with oh. the, the scum and villain. I, I was pretty, I was pretty clear, but yeah, it, it wasn't bad. It was just something <laughs> I couldn't identify, and it felt right for Star Wars. Yeah, it was very good. What on earth could that have been? <laughs> I don't. Maybe they just didn't clean the glass. I don't know. Oh I don't know. God. I don't want to speak oh, poorly of scum. Oh and no, we no. Have, we yeah. have a great time, and I, I took a nice uh, photo with Boba Fett. I think after you left. Oh, yeah. yeah, I had a, I had a, a little early, but I saw the picture, and then Dengar was there for a while. What? Right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't. When we walked in, what oh, was there? A there was a Dengar. Okay, and I think Dengar bolted. Okay, Dengar had had enough of the the humor at his expense. Yes. Probably it was like a Return of the Jedi special editions appearance of Dengar. We're like, was he really there? Was he or was he not? Yeah, there were definitely some uh, Imperials sitting yeah. with Boba Fett. Yeah, nursing always, their blues, nursing their blues. Always some fun there to get that blue milk block drink. Uh, uh, so yeah, next taco ball, na- taco bar crawl is I what know. it is. You Jen, guys had so much fun. Yeah. I'm so sorry yeah. I didn't get a go. Nah, you just you know just <laughs> just put the kid up. Uh, just uh, tell her uh, here's the keys to the house. <laughs> She's two, right? She can dial nine one one. Get her, get get We're her all babysit together <laughs> on the crawl. Yeah. It takes a village. I almost brought her. I almost brought her. Uh, yeah, it'd be worth. It'd be worth like one taco. Yeah, sure. She Come likes tacos. Goes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we recently, uh, this weekend, we put up some of my old Star Wars um, artwork, the Dia de los Muertos artwork that oh. I've had for many years. My husband's like, we got to put this up. This is who we are. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> I don't have to convince you anymore. But so we're all putting them all up, you know, R2, 3PO. And, <clears throat> and then he brings out one. He's like, what about Boba Fett? <laughs> And I looked at his face, and he was so excited. And it's yeah. actually a really cool piece of art by John Karvinsky. Find him on Etsy. And I, he looks so happy. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay. Boba Fett can stay. <laughs> I had literally, I put him in the garage because I was like, I don't know where we're going to put him. We'll just put him away. Just He's up in our house now. He's on display Yay. in the basement. Yay, he made the gut. <laughs> the compromises of love in Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, that's... Uh, uh, this is who we are. This is who we are. <laughs> this is what that's it is. so great. Wow. Where I'm, okay. I'm, I'm excited that I actually got that Inferno Squad Lego set. <gasps> oh, nice, yeah. nice. Shake, shake, shake oh. the Legos. It's a tiny little set, but uh, you got Aiden on the front there. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, who else comes in that? For um, minifigs? It's got the whole. It's got the whole crew, but I just it doesn't name them. It just calls okay. I uh, Inferno Squad Agent. Okay, mm. but okay. I'm, you know it's it's Del Mico in my eyes. Okay, and then, and awesome. Then, and then the other one. Okay. <laughs> Gideon Hask. Gideon Hask, and then the, the other one. Who, yeah. Uh, read the novel. The one who's spoiler. Yep. Yeah. All right. <laughs> wow. So that's my Star Wars adventure this week. Any, any other things that you accomplished? Uh, I've been reading Dark Disciple, so I've been oh. finally been uh, been Speaking meaning to Christy get around Golden, to it yeah. for years and years, uh, and I'm really enjoying the hell out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's got some good Obi-Wan stuff. It's got some great Obi-Wan stuff. uh, And it's got some great stuff about the nature of the dark side of the Force. Not news to anybody who's read it. It came out many years ago. But great stuff on Dooku and his perspective as well. Mm -hmm. And Boba Fett. Oh, yeah. it's got it all. It's got it all. <laughs> got it all for everything. Oh, boy. Your husband would love it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She's not, I love. Nope, not Boba Fett. Not Boba Fett. That was my initial reaction. Yeah, I'm we reviewed the Boba Fett thoughts. We know. Yeah, we, we know. know. But you know, what? I'm just pretending it's now the Mandalorian. That's how I see oh, it. Oh, perfect. I'm like, all right. That's. A, I think that's what Favreau's doing as well. Yeah. yeah. So uh, <laughs> let's right. dive in to Star Wars news. Oh, there's so much, you guys. There was a lot of Galaxy's Edge news last week, thanks to Bob Iger. He gave an interview to a financial newspaper called Barron's, and boy, did he give up the goods on the new Star Wars land. First, the park is slated to open in June of this year, 
Imagineers are designing the two entrances into the land to function like a movie scene change. You'll move from one setting to another as you pass from dark to light, and you'll see a cinematic scene laid out in front of you. I don't know if that means like an actual screen or if it's just going to be because it's going to look so cinematic. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The idea is to create an immersive experience. So this experience will continue as you go throughout the park. For example, the results of your mission on the Falcon ride will follow you when you return to Black Spire Outpost. If you visit a store or Oga's Cantina, you might hear a citizen of the outpost uh, saying, hey, you did pretty bad or "Ah, you did did pretty good. Um, If you're not interested in the role play aspect of the land, Disney said they will provide some way of opting out of these interactions. I love that. I, can we talk? That, that was the. There's so much juicy, interesting details, and that's the number one thing that popped out of me. <laughs> I want to opt out like, of role what are you play. Really? Put like a blue dot on your shirt or something. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, how what, are they what, tracking what? you? To, I understand if like there's people like near the ride, yeah, right. and they can see like there's photos up and scores, so they right. can just say good job. But like honestly, how are they tracking you to be like an hour later they find you at the bar and like you suck? Yes, <laughs> that's creepy. Yeah, it's like Google creepy. Yeah. You know, where you think about a T-shirt and suddenly it's on your email. Yeah, that is, uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, So you are going to opt out, Joseph. I think, unless I do well. I mean, there's there's a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Then fine. (laughs) Depending on I mean, honestly, but like I really don't want to pay that amount of money to be made fun of. Right. Well, and here's yeah. the thing is because like I had that real intense experience with Kylo Ren the last time I was at Disneyland. Right. Oh. I had a real intense experience with a uh, princess the time before and I have played costumed characters and I, I want to disappear into the fantasy. Right. I know there are humans mm. and they're humans with stressful jobs and an invitation to get into your character means... I it will feel real to me because it will feel not like a weak way is poking fun at me, but Dan Steffens, who's having a crappy day at Disneyland, is going to personally take it out on me because I didn't hit the button at the right time on the Millennium Falcon. That is the complex uh, being both an audience and an actor experience that goes through my head. It reminds me of the uh, scene of Kirby, Kirby Enthusiasm years ago of Tony's and, and Tina's wedding where he's arguing with the, the actor, oh, right. the tennis instructor that oh he thinks gosh. is cheating on, uh, his wife's cheating on <laughs> with him. Yeah, that's uh, it's going to be intense. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think uh, I'd g- I'll give it a go maybe, but yeah, I, I'm a little just, it's, this is a new level yeah. of Disney and, and this is part of the fun, but like, the ah, wow, I don't know. I won't opt that until until I'll opt, I won't opt out until I feel like hey, <laughs> yeah you know what maybe maybe hey. now that, now that I've ranted if I go there with like that's my whole mission is I'm going to see if I can absorb yeah. being mocked. Could you pull out like the chip at some point like f- f- truce flag? It's too real. <laughs> well, I just the, the opt out too is like it's a like how are you going to? It almost seems like more it should be like an opt in. Like yeah. you finish the yeah. ride and just like you opt into buying a photo like. Yes, I want to buy the photo, and I want people to talk to me about this. Mm. And I want a week but to have to, to finish me. a fun ride and go like, "Well, you really just sucked on the Falcon, kid." <laughs> right? <laughs> Do you want to hit the button to have the Star Wars people come make fun yeah. of you? Yeah, that might be it. Well, what it, <laughs> if you also could break it down uh, into choice of characters? Yeah, you know, maybe yeah. Uh, maybe if Han comes up to you and starts <laughs> yelling at you, it might be different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I mean. Would, 
There's going to be a lot going on in this yeah, park. There is. There's a, so much going on. I mean, as a parent, I do not like my toddlers having to melt down. I, the last thing I want is, you know, some bounty hunter coming up to me and making fun of me. I'm like, <laughs> I need to get this girl to the, to the bathroom. Leave me alone. So. Not good, doing a good job of that either. <laughs> yeah, Come oh on. Gosh. Get off my back, oh, bounty hunter. Oh, gosh. So a lot of us have been curious about how Oga's Cantina will work especially since it is a first place inside Disneyland Park that will serve alcohol. Well, Disney has a great solution. No seats. Supposedly, the seating will be sparse to encourage mm. guests to order, consume drinks while standing up, then move along rather than hang out. There will be a limited number of booths, but most patrons will just stand around. So that's a pretty easy solution. Uh, but will this affect you consuming alcohol to not have seats? It won't. Uh, it won't affect me consuming alcohol. But literally, when, when I led that, I read that. I heard Lando saying, "This deal keeps getting worse For all sure. the time." Because <laughs> my my thought was, and I think we've discussed it, was like, "Hey, if you can't get on the rides, what fun to just sit at right. the bar and watch everybody go by?" And like, nope, not even that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm a, I mean, look, that, that taco bar crawl the other night, I think I sat once, so I know yeah. we can do it. But, yeah, that's part of the... <laughs> I believe in us. Yeah, yeah, I believe in us. But, uh, you know, it's like I had, I had an old friend who was like a foodie, uh, her and her husband, and they were like, oh, there's this French restaurant. You should go with us. And if it's really cool and everything, they just, they just don't have seats. And I was like, huh? What? Like, oh, yeah, it's like the thing. They just don't have seats. And I'm like, I'm, I'm good. I'm going <laughs> to go to the Jack in the Box. Yeah. I'm all right with that. But, but uh, you know, yeah, we'll be swept. I'm sure we'll all be swept It'll up be in, in the thing. But, yeah, that is... Um, that is an interesting. I love that kind of research. How do we temper the effects of alcohol? No one can sit. So, all right. Yeah, no, so you you're not going to have a norm from Cheers. Yeah. Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. No but, bar flies. But it no will be, flies. It'll be, it's going to be a different experience. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. I like that. Well, perhaps the most exciting aspect of Galaxy's Edge is that guests will be able to adopt a droid. There will be a way for guests to customize their droid and give it a personality. For example, if it's easily scared, it might signal with a cry when stormtroopers are nearby. These droids will be portable, but there's a possibility of full-size astromech droids if you're willing to spend the credits. Apparently, they have something similar to this at Disney's Animal <laughs> Kingdom, where you can adopt a bird-like creature called a banshee for 50 bucks. Mm. It's basically like this rubber puppet dinosaur-looking thing that you can move using a pneumatic control like, with a wire. But I imagine the droids are going to be more than 50 bucks, especially if you can customize their personality. I just envision yeah. so many people walking around with these little you, droids. Yeah, and you, and you, all beeping at each other. Yeah. yeah. You bring these home, right? This is what yeah, I'm gathering. Okay, home, yeah. But I'm wondering, like with these old Banshee things, like it's it has a wire attachment. It sits on your shoulder and like you control it uh, okay. like that with this button. But with the droids, is it going to be like a Sphero kind of yeah. thing where you like operate it? It's going to be a lot that? of kicked droids. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, it's got to somehow sit on your person, right? Yeah. I mean, if you can't even stand at the bar, there can't be room for <laughs> droids rolling around. Right? Yeah, a lot of strollers running over mouse droids. Yeah. Uh, I thought this was an odd choice. Why not, like, adopt a Minoc or adopt, <laughs> like, I don't know, something that could sit on your shoulder a or cute, you could cuddly hold Minoc. Hand. You know, reading this whole thing, I'm also starting to wonder, like, is how much synergy with Episode Nine is there? So is it some, oh. like, is there a little, you know, a shoulder droid design coming in, <laughs> in Episode Nine that's just, like, designed to sit on your shoulder? Like that. The third act of episode nine is in Batu, <laughs> and you enter th through two thematic entries. <laughs> <laughs> That's Kylo Ren goes, yeah. This cantina doesn't have seats. <laughs> Will Ray go to the dark side? She's being made fun of by a lot of bounty hunters. <laughs> Look, they're putting a lot of thought into this. It's going to yeah. be a really immersive world. And so we have these, these questions and fun questions. But yeah, I wonder if it's, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a lot of money. 
whew, a family of four is going to have to take out a loan to get there. Oh, my god! You've gosh. been approved for Galaxy's Edge yeah. credit. Um, but, yeah, if it's something, you know, it's interesting. I mean, would I like to have a droid running around my house? Yeah. Scaring dogs? That's fun. Yeah, I mean, the, the, cost? the droid actually does sound like a good idea to me because it is something that makes it more interactive to wander around, mm, right? And it's clearly right. got to be so much of the experience that they want yeah. to keep people flowing through and, and feeling like they're living here. So it sounds like they want yeah. to meet people to go to like, oh, I went to the market. Oh, now there's some sort of parade of first order troops. Oh, now I just had one quick drink at the bar. Now's the time I go and just really keep moving. Yes, exactly. And it feels like the droid makes that kind of fun because you're carrying this little experience around with you. Now, That's a good point. If you're going in your in your Orlando side, if you're on the Orlando side and you got that hotel, could you take that droid over there and have it get you... Oh. Special things in the hotel. Oh it's yeah, all interactive. That's a that's uh-huh. cool. Go get the ice. Yeah, head to the ice machine. It, <laughs> ice bucket droid. It does make it all because you can imagine standing in these lines for like five hours. You know, there's really only two rides there that we have that I think I know of. Yeah. Uh, so at least it makes it fun while you're hanging out. Yeah. Oh sure. Yeah. I mean, this this is going to be on the the cutting edge of 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 Disneyland you know? Um, <laughs> but just, yeah, I'm so used to the old old style, I guess. I know. Give me, me an e-ticket. Oh, an e-ticket, <laughs> wow. Uh, in the Barron's interview, Bob Iger gave more insight into what type of content Disney Plus fans can expect from the service. He said that almost every movie their studio makes is a $100 million plus movie, so they're not looking to make movies at that level for the service. Obviously, they've invested a lot of money into the Mandalorian series, and the Marvel series with Tom Hiddleston. Uh, and they're looking to make movies for the service that have a higher budget. But as he said, quote, we wouldn't make a Star Wars movie for this platform. When everybody goes out on the weekend and you have a movie that opens up to $200 million, there's a buzz that creates, that enhances value. We like that. And eventually the movies we're making are going to end up on the service, end quote. Bob Iger, this this interview is like so much. Yeah. This is the only part I'm going to cover, this part of it. Um, but it does seem pretty clear <laughs> what, what their plan is. Yeah. Star Wars movies are separate, and they're going to plunk down a lot of money for the series mm. that are kind of like, Long, longer movies. Yeah, ten part movies, eight part movies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are a couple of interesting things about Star Wars. In the big picture, the, the no Star Wars movies seems like just at least right now. There's no vision of let's make a, a hundred million dollar or you know Character sixty million dollar reasonable Boba Fett movie that's right. really small in scale or like even a Lando or like so that's clearly not in the cards. He kept saying again and again about content to feed the beast yeah and really <laughs> yeah. like saying like that's bu- why they bought fox is to just shovel more things into <laughs> disney plus and that mm-hmm. they need content 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 he's like he sounded like a youtuber of like <laughs> i need to make another asmr video like somehow i need content, content. <laughs> soothing so, bob Iger. yeah that made me feel like yes it is going to be big mm. uh, mo- star wars movies in the theaters and then television shows because that's more content hour by hour mm, you're right right yeah. so like yeah. why make anything that's less content if you can spread the story out over 10 or 12 hours the other thing that was fascinating to me is when he kind of was like yeah our star wars show which i assume he means the mandalorian we assume. He's talking about launching with one yes and that one seems closest to ready right yeah. uh and he said, I guess we could have put it on ABC, yeah. which was a really weird comment to me because the Mandalorian feels like a limited series mm-hmm. event one shot. But for him to say we could have thrown it up on ABC makes me feel like maybe it's designed to have a second season, a third season yeah. and to be like oh. an ongoing t- 
television show instead of a here's a 10 episode limited series. Yeah, it's not like if, if he had said FX that, that then you go, oh, you got two years of uh, this show. Or yeah, some some highly. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Then he makes him think of the Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, yeah, type of mm. show. Um yeah, Uncle Bob, man, he's always got something weird. <laughs> and, and, and I'm always disappointed that this ends, for now, the fun speculation of little side movies and this is where Kira versus Maul could have yeah. lived. All these fan things in, in, our, in our brain were building up, but it, I also at the same time like to know a little bit more, like, hey, here's what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. At least for now. Yeah. It could always change. For but. now, these are, it sounds like we could get even more content. It's just going to be yeah. in this format, mm-hmm. in yeah. that episodic TV format. Right. And I'm good with that. I'm good with that because there was those this, this rumors that the you know, Ryan Johnson trilogy might live on the. <gasps> Oh, streaming service yeah. and this to me at least for now and yeah you've okay. been wondering yeah. about that about Dan and Dave for a long time correct yes. oh seems, yeah, yeah this yeah. seems right. to confirm more like yes uh, yeah. that would be in the theater yeah mm. <laughs> no people talk about it <laughs> get the buzz going get the buzz <laughs> the next bit of news comes from Four Center listener Nick Field who noticed something very interesting from an older article back in November last year Variety reported on Disney's new streaming platform and in the article it says that Disney will host an investor presentation in April to offer more details and a first look at the service. Nick pointed out that if IgerCon is happening in April, could that step on any big announcements at Star Wars Celebration, which is happening April 11th through the 15th? Will IgerCon steal Celebration's thunder? How is that going to work out? Mm, was there a specific date for IgerCon? Just no specific April. date, just mm, April. Mm. Right. It seems like, in going back to that other article, it... it that was a great reminder of how much Bob Iger is making creative decisions. Yeah. He just talked about that. A big part of his day is looking at stories to make sure he thinks they're right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's in there developing. Uh, and also just how much that Star Wars, as huge as it is to us, is one large cog in the overall larger machinery of Disney, which mm-hmm. makes more sense of the like... I. And that whole article is about strategies to keep investors and Wall Street happy. Yes. Yeah. So it seems to me like... Oh, you're having a little Star Wars convention from Bob Iger's perspective. It's yeah, like, right. yeah, if, if I want to tell people about uh, Dan and that Dan and Dave are doing the old Republic on the investor call, I absolutely will. Absolutely. And then you can have a little panel about it and that'll be cute. Yeah. That seems like the perspective right. from Bob Iger. Yeah, I don't think Bob's uh, making plans for Star Wars Celebration. No. Yeah, uh, I no. don't recall seeing of the previous ones. Um, yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Joseph. I think he's just got to do what he's got to do. That's uh, the end of the business quarter, start of the next, next business quarter. And that could be interesting in terms of the Thunder from any kind of big surprise announcements. Yeah. Right. That would be a little worrisome if I was a Lucasfilm employee planning that convention yeah we've got a big surprise dan and dave are gonna show up here and you know uh, kit harrington's gonna be revealed <laughs> as the star and bob Iger's like yeah we got john snow he's uh he's gonna be a jedi <laughs> yeah look for that uh, it's lightsaber's orange <laughs> yeah. uh what okay cool whatever oh so that'd be interesting iger yeah. con man soon i hope iger con lands in april before so then if yes. the news drops then yeah. everybody can celebrate it at star wars celebration mm. and it'll still be good for fans that's a that's a good approach yeah there you go. and that because that would be a bummer if it's star wars celebration no news and then like on monday <gasps> bob Iger was like by the way oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh that would be rough yeah yeah so last week, Entertainment Weekly's Anthony Bresnikan shared a comprehensive list of all the Star Wars projects coming in 2019. We talked about all the things he listed here last week on Force Center, but there was one thing that stood out. First, Anthony Bresnikan stated that The Mandalorian is a limited TV series, which, did you guys know that? I didn't, 
I don't think I caught that before. Anyways, uh, but the big thing is that he confirmed that the series will be kicking off the Disney Plus streaming service in late 2019. Mm-hmm. Anthony is an excellent reporter who would not state if uh, this if he was not getting confirmation from Lucasfilm. So, gentlemen, what do we make of this news that we could potentially be getting this series in October, November? Yeah. It really seems like it might be a reality. Yeah, and that limit, I, you know, I guess I guess I say I didn't necessarily catch that previously, the limited yeah. series, uh, depending what their definition of that is. It's one or two seasons. Mm. What, 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 do you, what do you think that is in your Oh, yeah. Mind? I mean, limited series has been used, I, th- I think, to communicate a normal television show, mm-hmm. but has fewer episodes. Right. And it's also been used to say this is a one-shot thing. Right. right. Like limited series was used for like that one kind of last capper season they did of 24 back in like 2014 with right. Jack Bauer because it was shorter and it was just like, we're not rebooting the show. We're just doing this. Doing this. And the same thing with Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks was called a limited series event and it was just. Okay. It uh. wasn't like, hey, new season of Twin Peaks. We're going to get the show back going back like Will and Grace. You know, <laughs> yeah. it was just the ones. Because Will and so, Grace and Twin Peaks. Yeah. Hand in hand in my Basically mind. the same yeah. thing. So <laughs> I, I think that's a phrase that okay. has a lot of wiggle room, mm. at least. Makes how sense. I receive it as a consumer. Uh, again, I bring up the example of F- FX or something and the yes. assassination of Johnny Versace and, yes. and all that kind of stuff, which which is which yeah. is interesting because that that actually pulls pulls me in even a little bit more in a weird way. Yeah, mm-hmm. where if I know I just have to, I got one or two seasons to really get into the Mandalorian and everything counts. Versus, you know, again, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. meandering and going on for five, six years, uh, you know, which fans of that show, you know, God bless you. Um, it quietly got way, way better after yeah. everybody gave up on it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, that could be, uh, that's interesting. That's good. And as far as leading off, that would make sense. That's the biggest thing going right now for Disney Plus. For me. Yeah. And it seems like with all of his Feed the Beast uh, commentary that he would want to uh, launch with a Star Wars show. Here's my question to, to you both after reading that article. Do you feel like there is a concern, like there's among Star Wars fans, of overloading us? Mm. Because it does seem the way he was talking that that maybe he's siloed it off or maybe Disney has siloed it off. So like to them, it's like no big deal to release The Mandalorian a week before Episode Nine. But for right. us as Star Wars fans, we want to be like, right. spread it out a little bit. Yeah, I was thinking about that that very question this morning. It's like we all jokes aside, like you know, you could probably debut a new Star Wars project every day, and we would maybe get a little exhausted, but a fun exhausted. Yeah, exactly. But again, investors, general public, and everything. So i i don't I don't know what I really think about how close it should be or not should not be to episode nine. Yeah, I'm still mulling that over. But October seems fine. October would be great. Yeah. I'm just really all the predictions for the service yeah. have been closer to the end of the year. Right. So yeah, I just think it's yeah. Right it'll be a lot up. of Star Wars. Yeah, it'll be a lot of Star Wars. Yeah, I think that I think that they're not looking at they're looking at it like it's event TV, but it's not. I don't know. I, I don't know if he thinks of it as like different consumers or what. Like I, he knows episode nine is going to be a hit. But I think he might. I think he he might in a way. They might look at that in a way, right? Yeah, like, a lot of people going to go see episode nine aren't going to be getting this service. We'd right. like them to, but right. we know the core fans are going to check in. Exactly. Yeah. It's just exactly. weird to live in this world where the volume of content. Uh, you understand why people are doing it because they're trying to sell us all the different services. But it starts to devalue. This is the first live action Star Wars show mm-hmm. ever. Like mm-hmm. that by itself could be 
a huge event mm. if you really yeah. sold it. Is yeah. this has never been live action on the small screen, right? Yes, yeah. and instead it might just be like, "Hey, Disney Plus, and here's the three bullet points down." Yeah, that you got that Star Wars show. It is, yeah, and you talk about just the change of where we're at. Yeah, if, you know, watching the Golden Globes and the television stuff, and it's like. Oh, what is, what is that? That's on the U.S. Post Office uh, streaming channel? Yeah, like, yeah, what, what yeah, the, the hawk shank condition or whatever you can get only if you have a toilet that also streams that content. Yeah. And, this yeah. is the Union 76 gas pump channel, <laughs> and they've won an Emmy. Like I, it, and, it's, and it's great because it's great content. It's more work for people. It's more, you know, especially the crews make these shows. But, yeah, you're, you're right. Ten years ago, this would be on par with a movie. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. A huge media event. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No. Well, that's it for the news. Who knows what will happen next week? Absolutely. And they're still in the Clone Wars is dangling out there, too. <gasps> yeah. Much, so. I know. They didn't, yeah. they were kind of weird about that. They didn't give any specifics yeah. on that, which is okay. Yeah. Bresnikin had it in his list of possibly for 2019, which possibly. is, yeah. Possibly. That would be way too much. Way. <laughs> One step too far, sir. <laughs> uh, so that is a little bit of news. Thank you, Jennifer. And I'm sure, I'm sure Bob Iger's going to throw a wrench into some of uh uh, some some of the uh, p- podcasts around the world would just drop it one morning. <laughs> uh, could I have a cup of coffee? Uh, episode nine is called this. So uh, we'll uh, check in, I'm sure. And if we need any special Force Center reacts, you guys know we'll put it out there. Before we move on, we want to do our Force Center recommends. This is an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Joseph, where are we going this week? We are recommending a book we've recommended before, Ooh. The Weapon of a Jedi by Jason Fry. It is one of those books that was uh, in the build-up to The Force Awakens, and I picked it out because, again, I think it's great, and it's got some juicy R2, and R2 is our main topic today. Absolutely. I need to try it myself still. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash Center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash Center for your free audiobook. Try The Weapon of the Jedi by Jason Fry. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. All right, we are diving into everyone's favorite astromech, unless you're an R4 fan. But 
Joseph, I think it's time that R2 gets his due. That's right. He is an extremely well-put-together little droid, said Captain Panaka. And I think most people agree that he is an extremely well-put-together little droid. Uh, One of the reasons that we're doing this topic is we got a great question uh, from Patrick Guy, uh, a listener. Uh, And Patrick uh, didn't ask just one question. He asked many questions, Mm. and they're all good. Uh, So we're going to answer all of these questions and more. Here's what Patrick said. R2 is one of my favorite characters in all Star Wars. He has saved our heroes so many times, but still seems to get overlooked. One could argue that he's almost been completely made obsolete in the sequel trilogy, but I loved his small but important role in The Last Jedi. Where do you see him going from here? As the witness of this story, and one of the only characters who knows all about the full history of the Skywalkers, do you think he will have a larger role in Nine if it really does connect things like the rumors say? Or... Will he meet some other face, fate like a sacrifice casualty? Oh, no. How long before he is made completely obsolete like so many droids before him? What's next for R2-D2? There's some celebration in there. There's some darkness in there. And we're going to dive into all of it. So I uh, just want to start with the basics of looking at how we felt about R2 as kids, what he meant to us then, and how we process the character now as adults. Ken, mm. how did you feel about R2 as a kid? I... I've always liked R2 and 3PO. However, I think, and I've talked about it some places before, especially when it comes to collecting, I've noticed that I don't go for the droids. Yeah. And I, lo- like, I actually really love K2S, so I like a lot of the L3 story. I, I, I like, I've grew, grew to, to really love Chopper. I didn't like at first. <laughs> um, then I think when Matt Belknap put a cape on him in Databank Brawl, I started to see him in a new light. He's <laughs> a killer. So I've had to do this like check of myself, like how much do I really like these droids? And I think I've really my appreciation has grown most for R2. Okay. Uh, just uh, everything he's done and accomplished and brought to the series. So just as a kid, they just sort of passed by you. You yes. didn't have a strong relationship to them. Yes. Liked them, liked the moments, liked the quotes. I got the, hum- like the humor, like 3PO, and this isn't a 3PO conversation, but 3PO being spun up in his chair at the Brightree Village is one of my favorite moments <laughs> as a kid in Star okay. Wars. Okay, yeah. You know, where it's just like, that's, what's, I, I think at seven, I thought he actually was doing it himself because he was a guy. <laughs> but I think a little bit, because, uh, you know, I make the joke in Game of Thrones, my favorite characters are the old crusty bearded guys. I think R2's a little bit of an old crusty sassy guy. Yeah. And I think as I've gotten older, I appreciate R2 because of that a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Like he's, he's dropping some swear words. Confirmed <laughs> in canon. R2-D2 swears. Jennifer, how did you feel as a kid? How do you feel now? I loved him as a, as a kid. Um, just the idea that, you know, you could have this little personal droid just was so exciting. I thought, wow, that's what the future is going to be like. Well, now we have it on our cell phones. Um, and at Disneyland. Yeah, at Disneyland, yeah. right. But I just, I always loved him. I loved his little attitude, but then he always, you know, maintained some sort of professionalism. Um, <laughs> and there's something about his design that is, is so iconic that, you know, you see the kind of the white with the blue stripes and, and the, the silver, and immediately you just, you know, that that's R2. I had such an affinity for him. Now, um, well, and even like when when I would see him at Star Wars Celebration, you know, and you'd see the, the droid builders, I would freak out, you know, like he's a celebrity. He's, <laughs> he's just like, oh, my gosh. Now, um, I still love him, but I oh, BB-8 has got my heart. Oh, yeah. OK. Yeah. Is it because of just the actual character distinctions? Yeah. A BB-8. 
they both have great personalities. I don't know what it is about BB-8. Maybe it's because he seems more like a baby. I think BB-8 <laughs> does seem like young and new and like everything he's experiencing, he's experiencing for the first time and deciding in the moment, how should I handle this? Right. And R2's like, this crap again. Mm. All right. <laughs> right. I'll take care of it. It's like a yeah. puppy. BB-8 It's like a puppy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. So you prefer puppies to like old sailors, which is what R2 <laughs> feels like to me. Like, yeah. I know how to tie that really knot, does. you idiots. Right. Yeah, he really does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For me as a kid, um, I think I've shared this before, like my brother and I would really divide things up. We shared, especially love of Star Wars, but like he was Han, I was Luke. So particularly like Empire Strikes Back, I collected all of the action figures on Luke's side of the journey. So I had, you know, Luke and Yoda and R2 and I had the Dagobah playset and the X-Wing. And, and I think R2 was kind of a, a package of that that he I really attached to him is the idea of this companion, mm-hmm. almost li- like a dog in a way, in a different way, mm-hmm. of this really loyal friend who is always there for you and always there to support you. And then as I've gotten older, and you know, you can constantly re-examine the films and mm-hmm. re-examine the way they they treat him in the sequel trilogy in particular. He, I start to just like him more and more and feel like if droids were actual people, he's the one that I would get along with. Like. Mm-hmm. I would follow R2's snarky tweets on social media, <laughs> you know, it, and I think there's there's something about that, like, he's got a little bit of attitude, but he is usually correct. Other people aren't paying attention, and he is taking care of the real problem all the time. Like, yeah. he mm. feels like this kind of person you would want in a crisis where everybody else is looking around, and he knows, no, 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 first we put that fire out, then I call this guy, and he just like got it all under control. Mm-hmm. And I, that's what I think I like about the character the most. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what I think. I think that's kind of become the the feel of R2 is like, oh, he was off doing, you know, he's Samwise carrying Frodo to the end. It's uh, R2's got you. Yeah, Don't yeah. Worry about he's it. not running <laughs> to tell somebody else, you know, in Empire Strikes Back that there's a problem with the Falcon. He yep. heard it from the computer and he's going to fix he's it. it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need to talk to anybody else about yeah. it. He's taking care of it. Uh, so it's one of the largest points of conversation about R2 these days. Um, and I did a Star Wars counseling about it, but I wanted to ask both of you, what is your take uh, with how much history R2 knows? Obviously, we know canonically that his memory has not been wiped all that time with Luke. He knows exactly who Anakin Skywalker was, even if he doesn't track the whole Darth Vader thing. What do you think about how much R2 knows, what he does and doesn't share, what he comprehends, Ken? I... I would almost list it. I know we're going to talk about our favorite moments in each trilogy. I'd almost say it's my favorite prequel moment, but it's not really R2's moment. It's more of Bail Organa, or I think it's George Lucas's moment. <laughs> I've always had this feeling that when when that was revealed, it was almost George's way of saying, "Yeah, R2's pretty important. You never, yeah. paid, you never paid attention to him, just like the characters never did." And I and I loved it. It's one of the best things about R2, and maybe contributed to my appreciating him more of like he protected things he he kept the secrets that he yeah um does it create some weird moments in the original trilogy yeah but that's part of the fun of it where now i now i look at at r2 getting mad at yoda on dagobah and and hitting him uh, you know as yoda as r2 going what are you doing dude (laughs) why are you pretending are you pretending yeah we we, we're cool man you don't remember (laughs) when i flew you to this planet (laughs) yeah and I'm okay with it. Like, I think it's just, it was maybe George's way of going, yeah, 
R two's great, and, and and he knows things that I have a lot of respect for the little droid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he can keep a secret. Yeah, it's he great. R two signs an NDA. He's not going to break <laughs> it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how do you feel about all that, Jennifer? Well, you could think of him like he's a therapist, right? So everything yeah. you know, Ooh. he's not going to tell anyone because it's very good confidentiality. But the way I've, I mean, the way I always kind of saw it was like he is. He is an astromech droid, so they have a particular AI system, right? So they have, I would assume, like a limited amount of memory. So at some point, the memory we know his memory was never wiped, but at, at some point, there he's going to have to start deleting some of his previous data to make space for the new one. So the way that Ooh. I see it is that basically it's almost like he has some memory from before, but it's just all kind of like this this like patchwork where mm. it's just, you know. Like kind of how I think of it when I'm like three, I, I was, you know, foggy. I remember <laughs> I like a feeling, yeah. but I don't remember all the specifics. Have you been working on this theory at home? Is there some chart <laughs> in your uh, wall space there? I like, really thought about it. Yeah. And I, yeah because I was it's like, a good thought. We, we know that he's never like, well, we don't know, but I'm assuming he's never upgraded himself. Right. I think he's like learned new things. There was an interview with J.J. Abrams where he kind of described, I think I'm remembering this correctly, that he sort of described R2 being asleep as, or in low power mode as mm. not just sadness, but also he was like, all right, I got to defrag the system. Like when you like literally run it on a computer, exactly what you're describing. But I like taking it to that next level of, of emotional reality of like, yeah, Anakin and Patty got married, and I never told anybody about that, right? But then there was, uh, I remember some really bad things on a lava planet. But Did I say so? Did I? Yeah. Right. So yeah, you could definitely interpret it that way. That's very cool. <laughs> just, no, I really like that. It just makes me watch it. It just it makes it easier when I watch it, so I'm not I, like, I, I like know. that. I, I think sometimes we, we do look at things kind of to one-to-one in an, as an mm. audience, you know, and there's so many different ways to interpret it of maybe he, maybe Bail Organa said, don't ever, this is your mission, don't ever tell these yeah. children anything about their past. It's dangerous, mm. you know, or it could be that he just, he knows facts, but he doesn't comprehend them. Right. Because he doesn't process how organics work. Right. And he knows that, oh, mm. Anakin and Padme are both my masters and I have to yeah. protect them and they seem to like each other. But, you know, I don't <laughs> understand that their romance is forbidden. And because of that <laughs> attachment, perhaps Anakin went yeah. to the, like, oh, yeah, you know, that, yeah, that's that a great really understand. Yeah. Or that maybe he doesn't even understand that the emotional impact that it would have on this one organic Luke, that yeah. this other organic Anakin was his father. Like, is or, he that emotionally in tune? Or that, you know, Hey, Luke's sister just gave him a big kiss here. Yeah. That's, I should probably tell him. Yeah. I was on Polos Masa. I was there. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I, I think you, got, you guys both have some great theories here because the memory, you know, I, I grew up in Orange County until I was seven. I, I have foggy, faint memories, but no one deleted it. <laughs> right. So I can get behind that in terms of AI and, and what you're saying, Joseph, of, of him having a lot of this information and, and, and only processing the, the, the one, zeros and ones, so to speak, of what you know, yeah. he knows to do. And, and, and as far as Bale, I now love watching New Hope and thinking R2 isn't just doing this because Leia told him to. He's doing this because he knows what's happening in some sense. He's on this planet, and he, he, that's why he's, no, we have to go this way, 3PO. Yeah. We have to go this way. And 3PO's, you know memory wiped every other weekend probably <laughs> <laughs> no clue, but that there is a little bit of this little droid's got a mission 
Yeah. That's gone on for a little and bit. And he's always yeah. had a mission. And that's interesting, too. If he's, a, he's always got the perspective of, I'm on the mission, so maybe some of the emotional stuff falls away yeah. uh, for him. Uh, I mean, there are great scenes I hadn't fully appreciated. I was re-watching the uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, and Luke in the hut scene. And the timing of R2's beeps are great. Mm-hmm. Because if you want to interpret it as... Uh, he is commenting on what Obi-Wan is saying right. and saying like when Obi-Wan's like, this is your father's lightsaber. R2's like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, like you, do you know what happened with that lightsaber? I haven't seen yeah. that. And like you can interpret it as yeah. him contradicting or agreeing or lots of things. It's part of the fun that yeah. we, with George going back, man. And, 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 and I, I know we're uh, really, uh, if you guys haven't, and you haven't read the Poe Dameron comic, when he gets up to issue 28, that's the conversation between BB-8 and R2. Charles Soule wrote it where the beeps are gone and now you hear just oh, basic. Oh, that's really cool. And you really get into some of the dynamic you're talked to, you're both talking about where BB-8's the young pup um, and R2's like been there before, but it's got a somber feel to it. And it, and it all, all tracks. It all yeah. tracks. Yeah. And obviously mm-hmm. I think later in his life, R2 is certainly a little bit more on the emotional wavelength because that's why he thinks to play the Leia hologram to affect Luke. Yeah. So obviously it's not that he's totally like... Emotions. What are those? That's a. Gr- I mean, that's. Ooh, that's mm. a that's a dive in moment. There, I know we're gonna, I know we're going to talk about. It. I know we're going to yeah, talk can, about. We'll, it. we'll come back to that. Yeah, we'll put a pin in it. Okay, you we're going to we're going to put a pin in Archie's emotions. One Jennifer? last thing that, that makes me think about George Lucas and how he how he probably Matt thinks about artificial intelligence. And you know, there was there was this chart I saw where the scary thing about artificial intelligence is like where we are on the chart is, you know, at the bottom, like, okay, we're smarter than chimps. We're smarter than, you know, chickens and whatnot, but artificial intelligence at its full capacity is so far beyond. It's John Travolta and phenomenon. Yeah. It's like, we are like, (laughs) we think like a baby if for the artificial intelligence computer. So R2 could be so incredibly smart we can't even, as humans, we can't even comprehend what he's thinking. Yeah. I mean, if you want to go down Good that road. Jennifer Elon Musk land over <laughs> here. You know, like we always think of like, well, that's what's so scary about AI is that they <laughs> could actually turn on humans one day because we cannot comprehend how they're thinking. Yeah. They so might it's, turn on us. It, it's like an adult watching a baby going like, why did you put that in your mouth? What is your motivation? And R2 is <laughs> like, I don't know why you're doing these things, exactly. but the ship needs to be fixed. Yeah, that's and exactly. I love you and I care for you, right. but I don't know why you put that in your mouth. <laughs> right. And that's exactly how R2 sees all the people around him. He's the parent. They're all the children. And he's like, what are you guys doing? That's a great perspective. That's kind of how I imagine probably George Lucas sees it. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. Right? I, yeah, I, I could see. Yeah, that. <laughs> and and I should throw out there because I think there's a classic, honest one. Speaking of George Lucas, of how much people uh, you touched on it, but how many how much people listen to the droids? And I think it's another great way to to appreciate R two of like he's saying stuff all throughout the original trilogy, and no one is caring to listen mm-hmm. and hear it. Uh, we're gonna move on to talking a little bit about favorite R two moments. Uh, what is your favorite moment in the original trilogy? Do you have a specific one, Ken? I yes, I have a couple. Um, I'm going to go, I'm trying to determine which one I, I return the Jedi and I'll go. Cause it, it goes back to even as a kid, it's one of my favorite moments. I love when R2 goes down to the bunker to help and oh, it almost yeah. costs him his existence. Yeah. And I think that's a powerful statement of all hands on deck. Every, every, every creature, every droid, every AI or not is going to, is, is in this fight and how R2, R2 realizes that. And it, it almost cost him. Yeah. And as a kid, it was a it was a sad moment when he gets blasted and all this comes out. He flings against the wall. It's one of those like not R two e 
Like, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, I, I've still to this day react to that moment. Yeah, it's so great because you know he could open the door. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, Jennifer, what are your favorite original trilogy moments? So many, but my favorite scene that I still love to watch over and over again is just when he's wheeling, wheeling around in the uh, New Hope on the Tatooine Desert. Just, just the music and he's just kind of wheeling by. It's so like you just learn so much about his character in that moment. And then when he gets captured with Jawas, it's one of my favorite gifs, gifs, whatever. When they shoot him and he just mm-hmm. plunks over. Yep. A total slapstick moment. <laughs> and I relate to that so much every week. That's, that's <laughs> so just, okay. Hashtag Monday mood, right? Exactly, kind of, right. But I could just watch that over and over 8 again. 8 p.m. every night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think of him having having Luke's lightsaber in Return of the Jedi is just mm. so like another like nobody else knows what's going on with this plan except for R2. He's like, yeah, I, I get myself assigned to the top of the skiff yeah. at the bar so I can get out there. Yeah. I, you know, in that trust Luke has, what, like whatever I end up, you'll find somewhere to get a good yeah. angle to shoot me my lightsaber, right? Him. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. such bond. The other thing, <laughs> it's partially just because I love the trading card, uh, mm. which the, the old baseball card, uh, I think, which I think was called R2 peeking through. When he's up on his tippy toes in Dagobah, oh, yeah. looking into the hut, which only Aww. becomes more rich once you know he has a at least passing yeah. relationship with Yoda. Mm-hmm. He knows who Yoda is. He's been to this planet before. What's going on with Luke in there? What's yeah. going on with Yoda in the fact that he wants to know he wants to be involved? Yeah. Looking in there, it's mm-hmm. raining. That's great. That yeah. moment, oh, I, you, you talk about yeah. too um, the Empire one where he, where he fixes a hyperdrive. That's great too. But yeah, I love you. You made me think about on Jabba's sail barge where three PO knocks into him. And it's kind of like, what are you doing? He's like, well, I know you're serving drinks. Like I love Artie's like, <laughs> you're right. I'm serving drinks. Man. What does it look like? Yeah. Yakface <laughs> wants a beer. <laughs> I'm doing this, <laughs> taking care of business. You're not allowed to sit down on <laughs> yeah, this yeah, gift. Yeah. You have to keep drinking keep and moving. Drinking. Uh, all right. So how about favorite R two moments in the prequels? Right. Yeah. Uh, the right. R- rocket legs. <laughs> sorry, did that sound loaded? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. It did a little bit. Right. Uh, right. Uh, right. Uh, Jennifer's vaping right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> clearly rocket legs, right? No. Yeah. Ken, do you have a favorite moment? Uh, you know what? I I do love uh, his his uh, his first appearance. You talk about the Panaka oh. moment. Yeah. It is one of those when it shows up the first time you're watching it, you kind of can remember uh, applause. Oh yeah, it, it's the it's the new the favorite character returning to the stage. Hello, boyos. Hello, yeah, Jar, yeah. And I and I do like that. I do like that moment and 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 and, and saves the day. Yeah, so, yeah. There's, and there's other little moments too as well, but that's one. Yeah, that out. I think for me that it's the all of his actions on the invisible hand in Revenge of the Sith, like. Yeah, I, I like that he gets a hero moment with the oil in the in the fire, you know, and I kind of get like, well, he can't do that all the time. That's fine. Right. The rockets don't bother me. He had some technology. It yeah. rusted out. Things aren't going well in the original trilogy. I got no problem with rockets. Yeah, that's fine with me. But in particular, I love his uh, when he helps them, uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan get loose when they're on the bridge with Grievous by just sort of flipping out, by just like all <laughs> of the, everything exploding kind of spins around and there's little electricity shooting everywhere. It's like, cause yeah. you're used to R2 like quietly going like, all right, I'll, I'll just turn a little dial. Right. And instead it's just like, ah! yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I like, I like a lot of it. Him and him, him, he's a really good co-pilot slash pilot in, in, in all of the prequels. Yeah. He, yeah. There. 
Mm-hmm. All right, Jennifer. Yeah. Bought you some time. Well, no, I, I like that scene, actually, with okay. the oil, with the super bowel draws, you stupid little droid or whatever. <laughs> what that? And it's just such a great moment that I identify, like, as a, as a young kid, you know, when you get picked on, and then this in this bully, and so you oh, spit yeah. the oil in their face. But, so that's great, right? But then on top of it, he sets them on fire and drops the mic. I remember people, yeah. like, cheering so loud in the theater <laughs> yeah. when we saw it yeah. for the first time. Yeah, it's such a great moment, too, because I, uh, there's that buildup of Obi, I think it's Obi Wan loudly talking to R two, and he's got the com link. Oh yeah, and yeah. R- there's that yeah, yeah. little yeah. funny beat where R two is like trying to shuffle away because yeah. <laughs> he knows his com link is on too loud, and like so it's again yeah. uh, people not appreciating the droids. Obi Wan and Anakin don't know that R two went through that. He gets to be a hero. Yeah. And, and as far as the rockets, if we could do a moment oh, yeah. on the rockets, oh yeah, let's like, talk rockets. Okay. Let's talk rockets. Like I, 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 I probably didn't like it as much when it came out, but I have this th- thought now of like, of, well, just why not? Like, what harm does it do <laughs> to R two now that we know and love? The the rusted out answer has yeah. been given, but like that's the least of you know. Attack of the Clones has some stuff that I even struggle to get my head around. three yeah. uh, PO, a lot of it. But uh, that's uh, the rockets is is once you've removed yourself from 2002 in the theater. Yeah. Where we had a different we had that kind of like, well, where were they? Just don't worry about it. Yeah. (laughs) No, I think. Yeah. I think there is a lot of the first viewings. If you grew up with the original trilogy is like, will it make sense? Uh, yeah. 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 And the rockets like, yeah. I mean, how much technology do you have where one part of it is broken? Do you have something in your home where like you got your new uh, little uh, record player? all in one record player? Oh, yeah. That cassette yeah. deck works well on it. And, and if it was 19 years later and the entire world was taken over by authoritarian government, the tape <laughs> deck might not work on that. Yeah. And you'd be like, what can I do about it? Look tape decks <laughs> cost so much. I don't got time to fix the tape deck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well played. Uh, all right, so the, uh, the we've talked prequels, we've talked rockets. Uh, let's talk back more about R2's feelings. How does he feel about 3PO, really? I think we as the audience receive them as, as they were intended, as a kind of a comedy duo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But how, what does R2 actually think of 3PO? I mean, I think he just loves him to death. Oh, yeah. 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 But I'm trying to think of the great pop culture example. Maybe you have one, but I'll go to, say, Skipper and Gilligan. It's not so much yeah. that, oh, but it's just sure. that kind of like, you know... Uh, not, you know, you can't make fun of 3PO. I can. We go back a ways. But I, I think it's that. <laughs> it's really weird. All right. Now I found my example. It's bad. But it's Bill Nighy and Love Actually who makes fun of his manager the whole night and then ends up celebrating New Year's with him or whatever. Like yeah, and Archie's definitely Bill Nighy. <laughs> definitely Bill Nighy. Where there's a little bit of like, oh, goldenrod, but I do love you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Laurel and Hardy has been pretty stated as a. Yeah, uh, you know and that they're unified against the world, but you leave them alone for a second. They're smacking each other with their bowler hats. Right, right, uh, right. But I mean, I want our two with a bowler. Yeah, oh, that's uh, so yeah. I, I like that your initial reaction is just love. Cause I, to me, it reminds me of like a younger, like R two loves three people, like a younger sibling yeah. who's always in trouble and always needs his help. And then when R two saves him, he doesn't say thank you. He just complains. And tells R2 what he has done wrong. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good. But there, yeah, I think a deep love there. How do you feel about the relationship, Jennifer? Yeah, I see. I see them like an old married couple, where it's like they've been together for for so long, and they just, you know, people are like, "Was well, three PO is insufferable?" 
But R2, and R2 can feel he finds him annoying occasionally, but I think he just, he gets him and there's, there's so much love for 3PO. Yeah. That even, you know, when he's as annoying as, as possible, it's like, it's all right. It's okay. You know, yeah. I, I get, I get 3PO. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I was, when I was thinking about this question, I was struck by imagining you have a friend that you've been working with for quite some time. A lot of really bad stuff happens and then they lose their entire memory but you are still with them. Like yeah. how much of that bond is like, oh man, R2 thinking like, that's terrible what happened to 3PO. And I gotta, I gotta keep him by my side. Gotta keep him safe. Feels guilty about it too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like I remember everything, but my buddy doesn't. Yeah. Ooh, like Ooh. that's, yeah, that's yeah. some rough stuff. That's tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause there's, there's some stuff there I read to where like the protocol was to wipe the astromex memories after like every mission and Anakin during the Clone Wars refused to, go along with that. Yeah. So maybe R2's kind of like, man, I, I feel blessed. Yeah. <laughs> and here's 3PO. <laughs> yeah, there's right. some great stuff about him being, R2 being like super valuable yeah. because he has all this information but extra dangerous if he's caught. Yeah, and exactly. I, lo- I love interpreting that moment in A New Hope that way when Obi-Wan's like, he should be able to interpret the entire system. Yeah. And, you know, in, in our, from our modern perspective, a random line in the 70s, from our modern perspective, that's Obi-Wan is like, yep, uh, Anakin never wiped his memory. Yeah. He's been beeping at me all day. <laughs> Uh, so I know he remembers me. He remembers the Republic yeah. system. He knows the Imperial system. Got it down. That's so cool to me. All right, let's talk a little bit about R2's role in the sequel trilogy. Uh, we can take the pin out of that meaningful moment yeah. uh, with uh, playing the old Leia hologram. Mm. Jennifer, I, I want to start with you, though. How do you feel about R2's role? You, you love BB-8? Do you feel like R2 has uh, been given justice you know, it's interesting because I remember watching The Force Awakens and I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, there's there's R2. Like, I mm. was so distracted by the shiny new of BB-8, <laughs> I had forgotten my old buddy. And I, I felt terrible afterwards. Um, it's really weird. I just don't have the same, like... <sighs> I can't describe it. I don't know. I, I I still love him, but BB-8 is just distracting me. Yeah, and maybe it's because my daughter now calls R2 BB-8. So it's just like, there's no room for R2 in our lives anymore. I'm sorry. BB-8 is the ingenue of the, yeah. of the sequel oh, trilogy. Terrible. I No, I'm, I'm going back to my very first viewing of Force Awakens. And when BB-8 rolls up to R2 and like kind of, and R2 starts coming back to life. Yeah. I had to, I went, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Right. Which, to me, is a testament to the success of Force Awakens and BB-8. Yeah. Well, to make me forget R2, whether I loved him and he was a top five character for me or not in the original trilogy doesn't matter. The fact that I was like, oh, that's right, that's right, we still have R2 to play around with uh, is a testament to the success of, of what they did there. Um, so I have, uh, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Yeah, it's slight. I get the little. I get the disappointment. We, we of, of all the classic characters, R two just kind of sits there on the shelf. Mm. Uh, but then, it, then it all it all makes up for it with that one moment on the Falcon. Yeah, for me in in general, it, I, I love the way he's handled because mm-hmm. you, you don't have room for everybody, and you don't ju- just just like Han, Luke, Leia. R two is the hero of the other generation, so they're giving him meaningful moments. The fact yeah. that he. Going all the way back to, I've been tracking this information since the days of the Clone Wars. Just defragged my system. Yeah. Uh, and and playing up that connection to Luke, that it's so powerful that he just needs to be like, I just need to check out for a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If Luke isn't even here, I just, I can't, I can't do anything. Uh, it, so I think 
he has that powerful reveal moment in the force awakens that's emotional mm-hmm. and then obviously the moment in last jedi that we're we're going to talk about here is so small but so great it's so yeah so can, can, let's take the pin out what well, are your you, what are your thoughts you, on that? you got me really thinking about it there about what does r2 know and process like we know what he knows in terms of just bullet points of information yeah but what does it mean to him and he knows luke and this it's it's a real important like luke truly ran away and truly failed and truly went to hide and 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 here's r2 being part of his past who knows how to like not only knows how to get him which is the moment we're watching uh here's this great little moment with, with the hologram remember that but what does that mean that means r like i know you need some help. I know you're not what you used to be, and I'm going to help you. And I like that. There's an emotional part of those beeps then, and it's yeah. and it and it and to me it does show that R2 understands a little bit of what's going on. You know, hey, maybe I didn't tell you she was your sister years ago. I'm sorry, <laughs> but hey, here's this, and and it's not just a fun, funny, nostalgic moment. It is the character going, I, I know, I know what you're capable of. Yeah. Let me help you get there. And that he knows this, that R2 knows this sort of uh, underlying truth of Star Wars, that in general it is better to go out there and and fight, Mm -hmm. and that it gives people hope. And the fact that he kind of understands that on an emotional level of like, Mm -hmm. remember when you would have done anything to leave the planet you were stuck on and help your sister? Well, now you are true. It's like you've marooned yourself on Tatooine on purpose. Yeah. And your sister needs you again. For him to have that level of emotional understanding is really cool. Yeah. Mm. And it makes me think about, you know, if there is room in, in canon for Luke, you know, getting closer to R2 after Return of the Jedi and having some of those heart to heart moments of uh, R2 finally going, like, all right, well, here's uh, some. Uh, old hollow videos of your dad yeah. back when he was Anakin. Right. Oh yeah, and like oh, yeah. you know, did they did they get closer? Did they talk and help each other evolve? You know, mm. yeah. There, I think that there is. I just think of that moment in the flashback scene. Uh, you know, yeah. where they're watching the the school burn, and the way that he puts his Luke puts his hand on R two. There is a. Te- like he is seeking that comfort that they've they've had this this deep relationship. We don't know what's been happening for the past yeah. time, but he's clearly been his rock, and so that's mm-hmm. a really that's a really interesting moment. I, I love that that the moment that's now you know famous because of the trailers, and we, we broke it down every frame. But you yeah. know, with the, the new robot hands, so right. to speak, it, it's such a tender moment, and I I still think this is. We all have those friends, or you might be in need of it as someone out there. If you're listening, you're down and out, you're depressed, and you got that friend that's like, "No, I know who you really are, and we're going to get you back there." Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's power. That's the testament to their relationship. That's why I think that moment carries R two in the sequel trilogy for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and moves Luke forward Absolutely. because it's after that where he's like, "All right, I'll at least tell Ray why." Yeah, I the Jedi shouldn't continue. Right. You know, so he he makes it a forward movement there. Uh, Speaking of the relationship with Luke and R2, how do you interpret Luke not taking him talk to? I mean, they're so close for so long. (laughs) Jennifer? I mean, the most obvious answer I think about is it's too much rocky terrain. (laughs) (laughs) And those rockets aren't working. Luke (laughs) still doesn't want to fix the rockets. Right, you know. um, But I think that it really is like, you know, when, well, I don't know if you felt like this, but sometimes when when I get in a real funk and I just don't want anyone to be around me, I Mm -hmm. literally 
it's almost like the people that that love me the most. It's like I just please, I don't even want to feel anything. Right. And so I think that R two would would make him feel, and he does not want that. He he thinks that he is is he is uh, punishing himself in some way. So I, I, that's why I think he doesn't want R two. Yeah, he doesn't along. want he doesn't want the comfort. He does doesn't want, want the, comfort. the the pep talks nope. that he's afraid he might get from R two. No, nope, he doesn't want any any lip. Or back talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't, yeah. Want, the reminder. doesn't yeah. want the responsibility. Doesn't want it. Right. To, yeah. And that's something that I think JJ established and that Ryan had to answer. And I think he answered, well, Luke ran off. Han says it. He left yeah. everyone. everything. Yeah. He left everything behind, including R2, which is like yeah. the ultimate, like, oh, wow. Yeah. And, and it's not, you don't, I, I can't draw the, the correlation to like a, a pet because that's different. You'd want your pet there because, right. uh, you know, or you think this is a this is a character. This is a friend. And you don't you know, like I've had, I got I got one friend. And if I'm feeling bad, I go work out with him and we talk and we have those good conversations. If I don't want answers, I don't go work out with him <laughs> because he's going to be the one that's be like, hey, man, here's how you fix it. And I know that's right. Yeah. And I don't want to deal with it when, when, when you're down and out. Yeah. Right. But I'm not ready to fix it. Yeah. 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 And I think Ken, help me out here. I think the last Jedi novelization did have a thing about R2 staying in the Falcon when they got to Octu because he's like, I don't know what I'm going to do with all the stairs. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there yeah, was yeah, actually which, a thing yes. in the oh. Last Jedi novelization. I, so I love Jason Fry. Man. Nailing it, Jennifer. Uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, so let's talk a little bit about the future of R2 as we begin to wrap up our R2 conversation. So in episode nine, do you think he should pass the mantle in some way uh, that like our other heroes, Han and Luke, uh, really have? Uh, and, and Leo is all about teaching Poe in The Last Jedi. Who knows what we'll get with Leia uh, and Ghost Luke in episode nine. But does our, do we do we want a moment where R2 is like, look, BB-8, I know you're a puppy and I'm an old sailor. Let, let, let me give you a little wisdom, mm. you know, of how to, how to handle all these uh, all these organics and all their needs. Oh, man, I'm getting emotional. I think that it should, <laughs> I think it should end with R2 and 3PO walking off into a <laughs> desert-like area. Oh, wow. Whether it be you know, Tatooine or, or Jakku, whatever. A resort town. It should end with them. Shady acres. Because the story started with them. Well, yeah. Well, uh, you know, for for, <laughs> for us uh, older fans. Um, yeah. Gosh. It, I just need really only probably one good scene. Okay. Because there's so much that they've got to pack in, that JJ has to pack in with the story to wrap everything up. I don't want to to cheat R2 of a really good moment. Yeah. You know, just save it for, for the end. Would you be happy if his big moment is defined by how it relates to BB-8? Because I think that's what's, mm. uh, up to a point, you could say that's what's going on with Luke and, and Han. Their big moments are about what they are passing on to the next generation. Mm-hmm. Right. They're not just solely about themselves. So if, because R2 could easily have a big moment where he, oh, wow, I got my rockets fixed and, you know, swoops in Saves and kicks so ass mm-hmm. in some way. That's easy to imagine. That might be there. But if his moment was more tender of, like, it's time to, like, almost yeah. if, if there was, like, vital information and R2 literally took it out of himself and handed it to BB-8, like, literally passed yeah. mm-hmm. the the data torch, you know? I could, I could see that and be... I don't want R2 to die, but no, you know, all right. Hey, it's keeping with some of the sequel trilogy um, tradition here now. But yeah, almost if it's say, say it's a, the, the story ends with Ray going to do something else. The story continues in a, in a way, not that we're going to get episode 10, but it's just, you know, looking towards the future. And it's like, 
BB-8 or R2 starts to roll forward and then kind of beep, 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 and BB-8 rolls forward and takes the place of a yeah. array. Not, you know, mm-hmm. Poe's droid, I think, too. Let's keep that That's in mind. Good. But something like that, maybe yeah. Poe's on the mission, too. Maybe uh, they're all uh, going off to do something. Yeah, I, I, I could be interested to see something like that. I'd be interested to see that, I should say. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I just don't want him to die. No, uh, yeah, let, let's no. just fully address that because uh, Patrick is asking about it. We've got yeah. lots. I think two or three people have sent in questions of, do you think they'll they'll kill other characters to have a big sacrifice? I don't think that they're gonna kill yeah. the droids or destroy the Falcon or any of the others. Mm. Uh, yeah. You know, icons. Um, I, yeah, I don't want R two to die. I don't. I don't yeah. see the value in that. No, I, I don't see what it says or, you know, we've had a lot of important and beautiful, bittersweet sacrifices in Star Wars. But uh, I don't think unless. Yeah, but again, depends on how they execute the story. But I don't I don't think you need that with R2. Yeah. So imagining that the story does wrap up in such a way that you know, who knows, maybe maybe Kylo Ren is dead. Maybe Kylo Ren is, uh, you know, uh, trapped in a force bubble and or mm-hmm. left or alone, marooned on an island. Uh, there are no Skywalkers or Organas left around to serve. It, how would you like to see R2 and I guess 3PO by proxy's story end? Mm-hmm. Would you like to see him like uh, go off to like some sort of uh, <laughs> droid commune? <laughs> <laughs> Become a droid teacher at the droid school oh, that they're yeah. going to open up next to Ray's Jedi Academy. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or do you want to see him go like, oh, I, I used to serve in Jedi. I want to be by Ray's side. Like, yeah. where do you want to see him? end up what should he do with his life it might depend on what happens like if if this is the end of the skywalker saga the big thing we're we're having fun analyzing and predicting and building up our expectations for um if it's ray skywalker whether she adopts the name or not then that would be a place even though i just said hey maybe bb8 goes on with her there would be some kind of like let's carry on that tradition and i'll be with another "Quote unquote Skywalker." I don't know if that's the case. That would be, so, yeah, yeah. But something like that. That would be amazing if Ray was like, "This is not going to happen." This is a dumb thing to think about. If <laughs> if Ray was like, "This is what has always been wrong with the Jedi. They need a droid to keep them in line. <laughs> <laughs> they need to, all all every Jedi should be partnered with a droid." To keep them turns out making R2 good decisions was force sensitive the entire time. <laughs> no, but yeah. I'm not opposed. To uh, Jen's idea here of R2 and 3PO walking off into the sunset. Going, I, and that's the story of Star Wars. I think that's really powerful. I think that's a, a real possibility. I think that, the you know, droid rights, they, they get to be free finally. Um, they don't have to serve anymore. Not not necessarily free, because I don't want to say that they, they've been enslaved, but I would say more like a parent when you're sending your kids off to college. You know, it's like, oh, okay, my my work is is somewhat done. Now this is they're becoming their own person. I've done, you know, I can. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, you're still you're still around as a parent, obviously. But yeah. I think that there is some sort of like ending that chapter, and so I think for them, their their mission is complete. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so now they can relax. But I don't know if R two is a type of droid that would be content just relaxing. Yeah, I think he would want to teach or be involved and up in the mix in some way. Yeah, um, I think he is the chancellor of the new new republic. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, elevating, getting elevated to the true hero that he is. Yeah, that is right. Uh, all right. Any other thoughts about 
R2 within the world of Star Wars before we go on to our final question. Uh, no, other than just, you know, the idea that R2 is the true hero in Star Wars does ring true to me a little bit yeah. there. I, I don't know if he's the answer. I don't know if he's intended to be the answer. But I think George chose to have all these moments, one through six, of, of R2 for a reason. And I think uh, I, I think that's why we learned a lot about him in the prequels and what he knew and everything. I think, I think it's intentional. And so... Uh, to say that R2 is your favorite character makes more sense to me now than it did even in the 80s. Yeah, mm. and even if you're a powerful Jedi, even if you might be the chosen one, you still need a good droid by your side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my final question is, if R2 was real and he was your droid, what would you ask him to do? How would you incorporate R2 in your life? What kind of helpful services would you request? I mean, it's kind of what I already have on my iPhone, but just the idea that like he could follow me around and be like my secretary so I could dictate all my notes, all my ideas. I have so many great ideas, but by the time that I get my phone or I get a pen and paper and write it down, I forget or I get distracted. So if he just follows me around everywhere, it's great. And then, oh, I also need to buy this. Don't forget to remind me about buying milk. You know, whatever. Yeah. Or can you send an email to so and so, and maybe he could dictate. He could do the email for me. Oh, it'd be awesome. R two is yeah. an Alexa. Yeah, yeah Gmail basically. has those auto fill-ins. So I was like, R two, can you just uh, respond to all these emails saying thanks, awesome, great, right. see you right. then, see you then. Right. Yeah, <laughs> Ken, I would want to use him as a as a road trip buddy. Yeah, um, like I, I've, I have this desire to drive cross country again. I've, I've done it a couple times and just to hit the open road and maybe even go by myself. But that's kind of lonely. And then you might get into trouble. It's like when you're hanging out with a dog and I'm the type of person that I don't feel I'm home alone if there's a dog there because yeah. I have full conversations with these dogs. <laughs> so R2 would be there for me. Put him in the passenger seat of my Camry, hit the open road and have a conversation and a, and a good travel buddy. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would just give him the main instruction of make sure I don't mess things up because I think that's what he's best at. And like, mm-hmm. I think he would come behind me when I accidentally delete a file, which I just did the other day. And then I think like, <laughs> if R2 was here, he would have already backed up that file because he would have known that. Yeah. Yeah. He wouldn't, the, yeah. the oil on my Toyota Yaris would never get low because he would just <laughs> take care of that, maybe shoot some oil in himself. And then I think my final thought on R2, uh, I think much like that very cool lightsaber moment, I think anybody can use R2 to keep, valuable things just inside himself yes. to shoot out you yeah. when needed. So yeah. I, I think he might have just a little flask of Jameson maybe that he can <laughs> he can fire at me if needed. He's a droid astromech uh, or astromech uh, fanny pack is what I'm trying That's to right. say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you, Patrick, so much uh, for all of those yeah. great questions about R2. It was fun to celebrate him and look a little bit deeper about how he fits into the whole story and our hopes and dreams for R2 in the future. Absolutely. Love it. And, and and we love taking your questions. We're going to do that right now. But you can see that even if uh, some of your questions don't get answered in our audience questions, you guys, this has happened before. Really get our, 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 our thoughts going, our minds moving, and we love turning those into the main topics. So continue that. But right now, as we do, we are taking some questions from you guys going to Facebook right now with Scott O'Neill. Would you be okay adapting novel or book canon content for live action or animation? The reverse already happens with comic and uh, book adaptions of live action films. Which canonical stories would you like to be told in another medium? So this this does come up a lot, and maybe Uncle Bob squashed a little bit of that in our hearts today. <laughs> I um, think so. But it's still you know it's still possible, and we'll see. Again, I look at what Marvel's doing with their low key and their series, and maybe that gets people in the Star Wars world thinking. 
So what do you think here, Joseph? Uh, any ones you want to see adapted? Would you like that? Yeah, I, I, we've talked about it before, but I would really like to see some of the books adapted in animation. I think that would be really cool, and I think it could be done as a movie, or if Disney Plus is absolutely committed to television, I can see how it could be a limited series mm-hmm. uh, of some of those books. I would really like Lost Stars. Yeah. Star Wars is so looking for different ways to excite different people of different ages Lost Stars, to me, is all the best of what young adult stories do. It is the Harry Potter of Star Wars in a, in a mm-hmm. great way, and I think it could possibly bring in a lot of, a lot of different people. It could be their, their first love of Star Wars yeah. is, is an animated version of Lost Stars. And an animated would work best with that because you don't have to worry about going back to the original trilogy and recreating yeah. Bespin or something like that yeah. uh, in live action, uh, which you could do, but it would, it would get people... F- Comparing where where animated yeah. frees you of that, little and you're bit. just so free stylistically to kind yeah. of take it in lots of different directions, animation well, style. I look at uh, what, what Titmouse did with the Galaxy of Adventures animation. You, mm-hmm. You'd give me Lost Stars two hours of that. Yeah, I'm amazing. On board. Yeah, Jen. I think realistically, we could see a Leia Princess of Alderaan yeah. limited TV mm. series. Um, uh, but I I'm interested in bringing Doctor Afra mm-hmm. uh, to the big screen and I think about doing something like what Spider-Man's done like live a- mm. uh, an animation um, mm, why not yeah. that might be kind of interesting uh, bring Lord Miller back bring Lord Miller back <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be awkward oh there's some interesting <laughs> interesting tweets during the Golden Globes I like to argue with people about but yes oh. okay uh, yeah yeah um, yeah but I think Afra's a great choice just yes. somehow somewhat yeah that'd be I fun. think she's such a great character I I think her stories are so wildly, weirdly 70s sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's great. Sometimes it's bad for me. But I think the character just rises above it. It just needs, we need a great home. I think the comic is a good home. I think we need a great home for Afro, if I'm, if I'm being honest there. Um, for me, uh, I, I mentioned up top, but I, I still think you have this great opportunity with a great... Uh, actor Janina Gavankar, who oh, yes. could who could really bring Aiden Versio to life in some way, shape, or form. Whether it's you go back and tell a lot of the Inferno Squad stuff when she she was in the Inferno Squad and, and serving the for the Empire and all that stuff, or even something a little after in the years between. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and I forget the the great actor who plays Del Mico and Gideon Haskell. I mean, that's all performance captured stuff for the games. I, I wouldn't mind something in that realm too. Yeah, a live action version of it. As far as animated. I, st- I, st- I still think, I couldn't think the answer is Lost Stars. I think Leia, Prince of Alderaan's good one, yeah. too. But, you know, then you might want to see live action with Millie Bobby Brown or something like that. Yeah. But Lost Stars, I think that would do really well. Yeah. All right. Kyler Mark Allred asks, hey, guys, do you think that episode nine will have a definitive ending? Or do you think they will leave it open for more stories without these characters? Jen, it's going to end with R2 and 3PO walking into the <laughs> sunset, oh right? Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, Bob Iger, that that interview squashed all of my hopes and dreams. I, I had mm. so, so many big plans for all these characters <laughs> um, that now, well, looks like it's not going to happen. Um, you know. I I wanted to say Ray, but Daisy Ridley definitely has been like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. Or Finn. I I don't know. I think it's going to be a while mm-hmm. if we revisit uh, these characters. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think it's going to be a while. Maybe we might get them in comics or they might appear in books. Um, but yeah. Well, maybe. I don't know. Well, no. Never mind. <laughs> 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 no. No, take it back. <laughs> 
there is just a very back. interesting podcast in Jennifer's head. Yeah, yeah take it <laughs> back. Right, 30 seconds. Yeah. What were you going to say? Well, it doesn't make sense sense because the timeline doesn't match so i was right. like oh the cassian andor series oh right right but i'm like oh well no that doesn't work so yeah unless you want to bring our, our two yeah yeah got it John. yeah i i think that the conflict between the first order and the resistance for sure definitive ending mm. i think there is in my mind a possibility that Finn or Poe or Rose or one of those other characters could die mm-hmm. if it makes sense in the story and maybe just looking for something to make have surprises in episode nine. Right. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the Ray, the obviously Kylo is a possibility for for death. But I, I feel like enough of these characters are going to survive that you absolutely could tell stories with them mm-hmm. later. I think there is nothing planned right now. I think that, you know, I think Daisy Ridley's comment was in the heat of the moment always in motion is the future five years from now there could be a ray limited series right um and i think that they are mindful enough to say we don't want to shut off all possibilities no you know so i think i think it's going to be this story will end i don't think these i don't think a lot of these characters will end i think only a very few could possibly end Partially for storytelling, but I think also f- with having a mind toward, boy, it's awesome that we didn't kill off Han Solo and, yeah. and Return of the Jedi like we wanted, because look what we got out of it. Mm-hmm. It's a great example, because I go back to Jedi, uh, where at the time they felt that was it. The, the urban legends of George having seven, eight, nine, even if he had some idea, I, I think they felt that was it. I think, yeah. I think they, so they wrap it up in this beautiful, happy package. And then when the story continues, whether it's Timothy's on or not, you have to kind of deal with, well, that seemed like an ending. How do we restart up the conflict? How do we restart up the yeah. drama? Mm-hmm. I think the sequel trilogy has done a great job in answering, well, here's how. The First Order rises and all this kind of stuff and the, and the government, the political stuff, bloodline, all that stuff. So I think I wonder if they have that in mind with Episode Nine this time where even though there's no plans right now or we don't think we should probably leave it open to make it easier for us. Later on. And I think that's pure to the storytelling just in spirit because so much of it has been about you don't just win and have a picnic for the rest of your life. Yeah. These challenges go on. You are new new heroes. You have to be ready to face the challenges of your generation. So I think really if it has that mood of like we won, but what's next? Yeah, would be great for the storytelling and just leave lots of doors open. I, I've been I've been really in, in in the Lord of the Rings movies lately and reading the, uh, Peter Jackson's uh, the, uh, the behind the scenes of Peter Jackson making and everything. So I'm, I'm been focused on that and and the stuff at the end with the Grey Havens and everything. It's it's a happy ending, but then it's a sad ending. And there's the the, the cause and effect yeah. of Tolkien going to war and what does that linger with? But even that ending is a new age begins, right? So now you can almost start all over. I, Star Wars doesn't have that where that was the Star Wars and now a new dimension began. You know, yeah. you have to keep the story going. I think even Game of Thrones is going to have to deal with that. I think that, uh, to me, I still think the world begins anew. And so what we knew is gone uh, and and they have to deal with no throne or... Yeah, the, the wheel mo- is broken. wheel yeah. is broken. Star Wars, it's going to have to stay somewhat the same. 
It doesn't mean there's going to be the, the new, new First Order. Yeah. I don't know. They, so open-ended works for me more. I think that it's just modern storytelling nowadays, yeah, too. Yeah. It's like, the, it just would seem so pat if it's like, ah, Peace Orb or, or Peace you know, Orb. Ewok uh, yeah, celebration. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. Yeah. You're right. It's like, that would just feel like, uh-huh. I don't think any of us would buy it. No, exactly. You might be happy in the moment because mm-hmm. like Joseph's saying, those characters and stories and I think there is going to be a victory. Yes. Yeah, um, there's going to be a victory. So right. we'll have that joy but in the back of our heads we'll be like, well, what's next? Exactly. Well, and it would be a failure for our main characters because it would mean that they had not absorbed the lessons of mm-hmm. Luke, Leia, Han, R2, etc. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why yeah, Hamill's interpretation of, of Luke in the end would have like, it, it felt like the, the hippies from the 60s Deal, knowing that the the peace and love at Hate Ashbury didn't didn't save everything like they thought, and they're <laughs> and, they're, and they're depressed by that. Like that, that's realistic yeah. to me. Mm. All right, going to Patreon as we as we like to do here. A couple questions from you out there, our supporters, Jeff Kenobi. He is related. Help, he writes. Um, my seven year old daughter will watch some Star Wars with me as long as there is a female character on screen. Forces of Destiny is especially a hit, but otherwise, and neither she nor my nine year old son will watch any of the movies or shows with me. Please tell me there's hope that one of them will catch on eventually. I have all these toys that have to pass on to them, but right now they just don't care. Sad beep. Mm. Boom. Mm. Jen, we're naturally going to return uh, turn to you. You have some uh, different <laughs> perspectives and experiences than Joseph and I do. Yeah. Though I will say this quickly, Jeff. Uh, I'm going to give you a mailing address. You can pass on the toys to us here at Force Center. <laughs> <laughs> kidding, not kidding. Oh, Jeff, <laughs> I can relate. I know my daughter, you know, she's just not quite as into it as she was last year when Forces of Destiny came out. Same thing. She loved it. She loves having female characters on screen. But unfortunately, that's just not always the case. Um, but what is interesting is I've kind of backed off and her curiosity has been been a little bit more peaked so she's just you know because we have action figures all around the house she just naturally will just start playing with them because they're there i feel like as parents we want so badly for to be able to share in these moments with our kids um and seven and nine is is definitely it's you start to get into that the tougher age range where they're like eh, i don't want anything to do with my parents um so i think that yeah they'll, they'll come around it might take them a few years um but just I think that if we start to force them, then they don't. Yeah. They don't want to participate. So yeah. okay. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there, there's truth. There's there's no answer. Uh, you know, because it's a, it's all going to be individual. You know, your kids are your kids got their own view of life. I think my friend uh, Paul, his daughter, who's now twelve, uh, when she was two or three, she her whole goal in life was to fight Darth Maul at Disneyland, which mm. she did, and at two bowed down to him <laughs> to fight, and then or no, not bowed to him, but like stood up to him. And when all the other kids like ran away, she, there's a video of her like two with the lightsaber going, I shall fight you. And my, my <laughs> friend's a cop. And he's like, that's my daughter. Um, she turned away from Star Wars and mm-hmm. Harry Potter got her, mm-hmm. which, you know, they're supportive of. They throw Harry Potter birthdays. But I remember there was this little thing of like, I was like, oh, man, I thought she was a, thought she was going to be a Star Wars fan. Yeah. Uh, it didn't right. work that way. <laughs> right. And that's OK. And I know Jeff's OK with this. Uh, having some fun here, but. I don't yeah. know. I, yeah, I think uh, this is one of those times where you can almost uh, look to the lessons of Star Wars and just say, you know, there's lots of different ways that things happen. They happen in the time that they're going to happen. And I think there's good odds of of kids finding it in other ways. Somebody mm-hmm. tweeted at us the other day about, I think, their kid discovering Star Wars through playing the Angry Birds Star Wars yes. tie-in. Mm-hmm. You know, the Star Wars fans are like, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you want me to shoot Luke Skywalker bird at Darth Vader bird or whatever? Uh, but for for some kid, that's like 
that's how it all began for me. That's how it captured my imagination. I think just being like, who knows? Maybe your kid is, you know, 14 at a sleepover when all the other kids are really into this and then it clicks Mm -hmm. for them, you know? And that's why I think the importance of Galaxy of Adventures and Forces of Destiny, which we're seeing a lot of here, but yeah, it's a a new way to grab them. Uh, You know, it sounds menacing. Get hooked the kids young on Star Wars, (laughs) but they also take things in so differently than just our generation, Uh, you know, uh, even even the prequel generation. It was different. It was an event. It was, you know weird cup toppers at the at the fast food restaurants but also it was like the prequels was a film event yeah it's not always like that it has to speak to you it can't be sold to you and i think that can be hard growing up where star wars is everywhere and it can seem like the stiff not cool thing because it seems like the thing everybody's trying to sell you from target to you know cars with window decals driving by and i think if kids find it in a way that makes it feel like it's their own instead of something that's being forced on him that's so powerful i mean jen you said it there i mean you know seven eight nine daddy really likes star wars right that seems old and ancient <laughs> in a few years they'll come around because they'll yeah. want to know what what dad is really into yeah. and it'll become a bonding thing i yeah. you know now i'm into like my mom's karaoke thing and when, when i was younger i hated <laughs> it i used to be so <laughs> embarrassed by it and now i'm like okay <laughs> let's karaoke together so it just uh, it'll take yes. a little bit of time yeah yes. watch rogue one when you're older and suddenly see yourself in gin now it's yours yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Jeff, keep the faith, but, you know, I know you're going to let them find their own way. And again, we'll tell you where to send those toys if you need to pass them (laughs) on. Final question of the day comes from Kai Thatch. If you have to go on an important mission to the other side of the galaxy and you will be gone for a long period of time, you must entrust a caretaker to raise, teach, and nurture your youngling while you're gone. Putting aside light, dark, good, evil, which character would you choose for this task? I would choose Tarkin for his great leadership, <laughs> discipline, and lessons he can pass on from his childhood on Eridu. I understand that as someone who's a fan of Stannis Baratheon and, and thinks Tywin Lannister is actually a pretty good leader, just uh, just mixed up. Uh, you know, um, I understand it, Kai. Tarkin's an interesting choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your kid would learn to fight tough, yeah. right? Yes, yes, yeah, yes, for yes. sure. Uh, Joseph, any choice here? Uh, well, a, a couple different. Uh, I, I think it's a little um, on the nose to think of of Padme and Leia because they are, you know, some of the the main women, but they are also sh- so multi talented, mm-hmm. and uh, I can imagine them really raising a, a great child. But then thinking a little bit more outside of of the stereotypical, I thought of Finn mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because look at how much he does to save Ray. And I feel right. like if you left your kid with Finn, you're like, Finn, you, you, I'm entrusting you. He would do everything That's in his power choice. to make sure that kid was safe and happy. I like that choice. I like that choice. Jen? When I read this initially, I was like, oh, oh, I have to entrust a caretaker on Octo. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting. I don't know about that. Uh, but I would definitely say Padme um, because she's nurturing, she's kind, but most importantly, she is patient. Mm. I think that she would also give the child the benefit of the doubt, which is another big thing. Um, but patience is is huge. <laughs> mm. uh, I imagine she also gets a lot of sleep because she has some handmaids to help her. That's key as well. So all right, I'll also throw in uh, Ghost Obi Wan because people ah. give that's good Obi Wan a hard time. That's but good. If ghost it pops up when the kid needs it. And like yeah, that's too much cereal. But besides that, you're doing great. I'll appear again later. Oh, that's good. This, Keeps them on their toes. This is a great question, 
Kai, because we could almost turn into a Star Wars ranked here. Because, but but, <laughs> yeah. but there, I, I think Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru get a bad rap because oh, yeah. oh, they played yeah. the role of you know keeping you from from going out and chasing your ventures. But they, there was some protection behind that. Uh, Bale and Breha Organa, great I mean, parents. There's oh, proof great. in what they did. Mon Mothma would be a choice for me, even mm-hmm. Akbar. But here, as as I was uh, thinking about, it, I actually changed my answer because I, I was maybe going to go with Mothma. Chewbacca. Ooh, yeah. You know? I don't know what he had to do with Kylo, Ben. Maybe uh, he wasn't around. Maybe if he was around, it uh, Ben would have turned out differently. I don't know. But the idea of, I kind of see Chewbacca doing that in a way now with, with Ray. Not that, that he's her parent, but he is, he's she's picking up the mantle. She's in that seat. And I love that moment when Chewbacca looks at her and is kind of like, yeah, get in there. Get yeah. in there. Fly this thing. <laughs> and I'll be here with you just like I was there for that wild kid I met. Uh, you know, escaping uh, Mimban. Like, yeah. I think Chewbacca, you could, and he would keep you safe. He'd look kind of like, like Finn. Yeah. Mm. Good team. Kai, thanks for that question. Jeff, thanks for this question and the toys. Kyler and Scott, thank you for your questions. If you guys have a question, well, we're going to tell you right now where you can reach us and more as we wrap up the episode on Twitter, Force Center Pod. Our Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. That's where you can send some real big, meaty ones. There's some meaty thoughts and questions <laughs> uh, that might turn into a whole show. I think Ken's hungry. I actually didn't have so breakfast. <laughs> didn't have breakfast. You can send us just a sizzling bacon oh, of questions. You can send us a McMuffin. Uh, we have a website, oh fourcenterpod.podomatic.net, an Instagram page that in 2019 will come to life again. New merch uh, is always available at tpublic.com slash user slash fourcenter. Tweet us pictures of uh, your merch and where we share them. Podcast is available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And a couple things. I did I mention it in jest, but we do have this now. And this actually gets asked every now and then. So we want to provide this to you. We do have an address, a snail mailbox, available for you all. You can write to uh, send things if you want uh, at Force Center. You know, just write Force Center, 3727 West Magnolia Boulevard, 728 Burbank, California, 91505. I don't live there. Don't Google map it and try to find me. All right. It's a private address. We're going to put it on the web page. Uh, we do get that request a lot. And that is something for you guys there, too. And then, uh, Joseph, a couple things as we, as we close out here. The data bank brawl on YouTube. It's up. Yeah. Animated it's up. version. It's up. We put a shout out to have uh, fans really help us get the word out. And you did that. It's getting more views. We really love uh, the what Brian Ward did. He edited the episode down and he, he just really captured the spirit of databank brawl and then added all of his own style and wit. We'd love to do more stuff like that animated databank brawl. And we can't unless it gets some good views. So thank you to everyone who has been watching it, liking it, subscribing, promoting. Keep it going because uh, we would love to do more stuff like that. Absolutely. And then on Patreon, we've got uh, go to patreon.com slash force center. Uh, 2019 will bring some new goals, some new thoughts, but also the, the ones we're working on. And sometimes we hit them and then we have to re-hit them again because that's the way <laughs> Patreon works. But we have, uh, love you guys' support. It's really important to us. It's really important in helping us grow in 2018. It's going to be even more important in 2019. If you want to go to support, uh, Joseph, they can they can head there and join the team. That's right. Patreon.com slash Force Center. Absolutely. All right. We're almost out of here. But as we like to do, we like to tell you where to follow us on our other adventures like uh, you, Jen. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, at Jennifer Landa. Be sure to uh, check out my new Happy Beeps this week. It is on the Ewoks cartoon and why I think we should reboot it. 
Wow. <laughs> like that is so great. <laughs> I like that idea. <laughs> Joseph. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com for info on uh, comedy albums, live shows, all sorts of stuff. Two specific things I want to highlight uh, this week. If you're in the general San Francisco Bay Area, I'll be doing a live episode of my comedy podcast, Obsessed, on Saturday, January 19th. And uh, you can be anywhere in the world for this, or maybe not. I don't know. Anyway, you can be in North America. Uh, the Adult Swim show that I did some writing on is finally debuting. It is called Tigtone. It is a weird, twisted fantasy parody adventure love letter hate mail to fantasy. <laughs> wow. It is uh, really bizarre and fun. I don't know if it'll be for everybody, but it's really, really great. I really like it. It is premiering on Adult Swim. January 13th as Sunday becomes Monday. So midnight as Sunday becomes Monday, January 13th. Did some work on the whole show, but the episode that I actually scripted will be coming up in a few weeks, and I will uh, give a shout-out to that as well. Absolutely. That's quite an accomplishment, and uh, I know you've been working hard on that really hard, so Force Center fans show up and support that as well. You can follow me at Suck, and I will have some appearances. I got uh, New York on January 24th doing stand-up comedy for the first time in my life Ooh. in New York, hosting Mark Ellis's comedy show and the live Schmodown out there. You can go to Mark Ellis. Uh, live.com for more information, including the show on February 1st in Phoenix, in the Phoenix area. Uh, Josh McCook and I hosting Ellis's comedy show out there. I just basically just follow Mark Ellis around, and that's <laughs> what I do. That is it for now. Thank you all. So, for R2D2, beep, 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 beep. that's Four Center. <laughs>